It's the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy patron bonus episode. Hello and welcome to another exciting bonus episode of the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. A bonus episode always starts off with me pretending to interview Josh as someone else. But this week, we're going to allow Josh to suggest who he's going to pretend to be, and then I shall ask him the pertinent questions that is on everybody's hips. Uh, well, I think given the um, given the, the 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 subject of today's episode, it would only be appropriate for me to pretend to be our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, so Jesus, hello, and welcome to the show. Do you have any short message you want to give to all humankind at this particular juncture, given the ravages of the virus your father has put upon this land? Uh, just stay inside your house, drink lots of water. That's just good general advice, anyway. Um, uh, please don't nail me to a cross if you ever see me. Now, you say you drink plenty of water, but I believe that you're more of a wine drinker, is that correct? Well, it's, it's, it's the same, isn't it? It's one and the same. The water is the, is the wine in the same way that the, the wine is my blood or something. Now, I do want to point out that the, one of the health professionals in the US is warning people to not eat blood at this particular point in time. Are you concerned that maybe the Trump administration is in fact being run by the Antichrist? Um, no, I, th I assume that just means they're not transubstantiationists, surely. They don't believe that the blood literally transforms, in, uh, the wine literally transforms into the blood of Christ, merely that it's an allegory. And um, who am I to say that they're wrong? So are you saying the Catholics are right or wrong? Yes. Sorry, uh, I, I was, I, maybe I didn't phrase that question particularly well. Are the Catholics right? Yes. So the Protestants are wrong. No. No, they no, they are wrong, or no, they're not wrong. Look, they're it's, they're all my children. I love them equally, as as all parent as all parents know. No, it's interesting you, you, you bring up favorites. that we're all your children because, frankly, you haven't been supporting us particularly well, and I've got a childcare bill somewhere around here, which I really would like to try and get sorted out before the end of this interview. Right, well, I'm afraid uh, I actually have to ascend to heaven now, so um, we'll talk about that another time. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, there we go. That's your, that's your blasphemy for the week sorted. That's your sacrilege out of the way. It sure is. Let's now Let's talk keep about talking the about Salvador Jesus, Mundi. Mm. So, Josh, what is the Salvador Mundi, and why is it so exciting? Well, uh, the first half of that question I can answer fairly easily. The Salvador Mundi is a painting. Uh, it is a painting of Jesus Christ. If, if you're thinking, if you think of an image of Jesus Christ in sort of classical uh, portraiture, you'd imagine a guy with long uh, flowing brown hair holding one hand up with sort of two of his fingers out funny and possibly holding something in his other hand, maybe a heart, maybe a glass orb. Um, if that's the image you're thinking of, you're basically thinking of the Salvador Mundi or one of its many, many imitations. Now, it's kind um, of interesting you say this is a portrait of Jesus because whenever I think of that image, I kind of think of a self-portrait of Leonardo da Vinci. Do you? Yes. Why? Well, because it's often thought that the Salvador Mundi is in fact a portrait of da Vinci masquerading as Christ. Is it? Oh, I hadn't got that. I, I didn't, didn't pick up that nugget in my notes. I got a bunch of other stuff, but not that one. It's, it's sometimes referred to as the male Mona Lisa. Um, and of course it is by? 
it is by Leonardo da Vinci. Probably we'll see. Yeah, um, this is this is where things get quite mm, complex. So, the so, Salvador Mundi is a very famous portrait, which Leonardo da Vinci is known to have painted, but was taken to be a missing work of the master. And then at some point around about 2005, it suddenly appears and causes a bit of a storm in the old art world, doesn't it? Mm. Yes, yeah, so this fellow Robert Simon and a consortium of his business partners, he'd, he'd somehow this painting had come to his attention um, and he believed that he could show that it was actually a genuine da Vinci. Obviously, the person who owned it didn't know that the, the painting they had was it was a genuine um, Yeah, because I believe it was an image that was known about in the art world but was considered to be a kind of knockoff piece by an inferior artist. So mm. people had gone, oh, no, you know, it's, it's a piece of work. It's obviously meant to represent Jesus Christ in that classical Renaissance phase. But, you know, it's not an important work. And Simon goes... No, actually, mm. I think this is a lot more important than anyone's given it credit for. So I will happily buy this painting off you for a measly thousand dollars because I suspect that once I've authenticated it, it's going to be worth a mm. lot more. So part of the problem was that it had been heavily damaged in the past and a bunch of restoration work had been done on it and not to certainly not to the standards of restoration you'd want on a genuine da Vinci. So they got the painting they cleaned off all the all the paint that had been added to it to restore it. So you were left with a painting with some fairly large sort of gashes in it. It's painted on a on wood, and I, I believe the wood had broken at one stage, which had left a giant crack down the middle of the painting. And there were various other places where the painting had had chipped off. But um, in that state, um, they then went and got it authenticated, and then had it sort of um, retouched properly, quote-unquote, um, for exhibition. So it was taken to the National Gallery in England. I assume it's their National Gallery. Um, in 2008, where a panel of experts uh, basically said, yep, this, this is the real deal. This is actual Salvatore Mundi by Leonardo da Vinci. Um, it was shown to the public um, in the National Gallery from November, the 20, uh, November 2011 to February 2012 um, before being sold uh, to a private bidder. It's changed hands a few times, gone from sort of rich people to Russian oligarchs, um, and eventually was sold in 2017 for 400 million US dollars plus $50 million commission from Christie's, uh, making it the most expensive piece of art to ever have been sold, ever. By, um, but Josh, $4 million means it's almost a third of the cost of an Avatar film. Mm, I know, exactly. It's, 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 a, it's a lot of money, surely. And presumably I'd get more pleasure from watching The Salvador Mundi than I would from re-watching Avatar. Yes, but can you watch The Salvador Mundi? This is one of many questions around it at the moment. Now, there's a recent article in January about a sort of a row over it, and to be honest, I had trouble to follow the article. Um, supposedly it said the controversy was all about there's an, an unwritten rule that public collections shouldn't show pictures that are available for sale. Supposedly, I, I, the, the impression I got is that that could be considered as sort of 
a way of talking up the price if you show it off in public it, it might sort of affect the valuation of the or some, something like well, that. Well so, I mean, so basically the, the issue is when a painting is up for sale it has to be advertised. So if the painting is on display in a gallery that effectively acts as free advertising. So it makes it very easy for sellers to come and inspect the painting oh, okay. and allow their, their, their experts to come and see it as well. And so it's taken that you don't really publicly display images which are, or at least artworks, which are up for sale because that kind of contravenes the basic rule that when a piece is on display in a public gallery, it's on display in a public gallery. It's also not part of a massive advertising campaign to get the price up and up and up. Mm. So, which then led to Robert Simon, who was one of the owners at the time, go, oh, no, no, no. It's definitely not for sale, except it kind of turns out it probably mm. was. It certainly appears that... Um... It's, it certainly looks as though it was for sale immediately before the exhibition and immediately after the exhibition. Um, a fellow called Ben Lewis um, is, is about, apparently, to publish a letter in the London Review of Books releasing what he describes as nuclear proof that the picture had been offered for sale between 2009 and 2010. So uh, m maybe it was technically not on sale when it was exhibited but only because they'd taken it off sale and it had been at any point up, up towards that so there's and I mean, the this one thing the suspicion here is it was for sale there were interested bidders mm. who were going oh we want that painting and they oh uh, by the way it's not currently for sale because it's on display but of course we'll get back to you when it comes mm, off exactly. display so. which then allows the bidders to start outbidding each other in a kind of psychological war whilst the owner of the painting is going yep in eight months time I'm going to get a lot more money mm. for this picture yes yeah, so whether or not it was actually on sale uh during the period it was exhibited as kind of academic if it was known that it was going to be up for sale again straight away so that that's one thing uh, but I mean, uh, sort of reading that, it, uh, it almost just sort of seemed to be a little bit of a, a little it's sort of a nicety. It's the sort of breach of protocol. It's sort of stuff that's that's just not quite cricket, but it all seemed a little bit um, the sort of thing that that, that that very very rich people argue about because um, they have too much time on their hands. But then there's other stuff. There's a bunch of controversies around it. Um, first of all, as we hinted. There's still a question as to whether or not it's actually a genuine work of Leonardo da Vinci. Yes, so even though the expert at the National Gallery went, yep, we think there's good reason to think this is an authentic da Vinci, a whole bunch of other British art historians have chimed in going, yeah, and here are the reasons why we think it's not. And there's been quite a lot of argy-bargy around this, hasn't there? Mm. So, I mean, the most recent one, um, British art historian Charles Hope um, put uh, an article in the London Review of Books a month or so ago, um, which he, he, he basically, I didn't, I didn't have time to read through the whole thing. It was quite heavy on detail. He appeared to be more going through the provenance of the painting rather than, than a, an artistic examination of it. And, um, but he, the, the, the conclusion it would be he came to was that it's probably not uh, the Salvador Mundi that is the work by Leonardo da Vinci that we've heard about in the past. 
So there's that, and then that's been replied to by Robert Simon, who I think was defending his own sort of research into its provenance. Um, and then there's been a bit back and forth. But I mean, other people um, uh, just sort of reading up on this. So you, you, if, if whatever view you have um, on with on its authenticity, you can find an, um, an expert who agrees with you. Uh, one, Alan Wintermute. Um, wasn't that the AI and ne uh, uh, necro necromancer or something? That has well, yeah, Wintermute is a name Gibson, from that particular work, isn't it? Uh, William Gibson reference there, but anyway, probably probably not. Um, so he he's a senior specialist um, at Christie's. He calls it the Holy Grail. He says, "I'm um, every major scholar of Leonardo's work accepts this picture and has for the past decade." Um, says obviously it's not in flawless condition it's 500 years old but absolutely has has the presence and condition of a true leonardo now of um, course this is this is, gets rather awkward here because a lot of the people who go it's not a true da vinci piece are also going it was probably produced by artists who worked in da vinci's studio mm. so it's known that da vinci had a studio da vinci had students da vinci used those students to either start paintings that da vinci would finish or to finish paintings that da Vinci would start, and he would teach them their technique. So some of his students seem to have that kind of da Vinci touch where their works are very similar to the master, and some of the students develop their own styles and forms but have recognisable da Vinci-like ways of doing things, so stippling of paint, the way ears are drawn, and the like. And most of the people who are going sort of true da Vinci are likely to go, but it was produced by one of his students, mm. which is why it's easy to think it is a da Vinci, especially since some elements of the painting might have been painted by da Vinci in the first place. He just wasn't the person who did the majority of the work in their view. Yeah, so it's... Um... It's from his work, yeah, uh, yeah, as you say, they'll say it's, it's from Da Vinci's workshop. Um, and, and then again, there's sort of a range of it was done by one of his students or it was done a bit by him and a bit by one of his students or it was done a lot by him and a bit, you know, how much of it he, how much of his hand is in it. And here is where you get lots of lots of art experts sort of look pointing at various bits of it and saying, "Oh no, this this bit here only only Leonardo da Vinci could paint this way. No one else could have done it." And then other people say, "This bit here, Leonardo da Vinci would never have done something like that." And and maybe they're both right. Maybe maybe that's because it was by da Vinci and one of his uh, students or assistants. Um, but that, in in several senses of the word, is all academic because. Um, Nobody's actually heard of the Salvador Mundi for uh, for a couple of years now, I think. Yes, as far as most people are aware, it's probably on a yacht. And mm. that yacht probably belongs to a Saudi royal. Mm. Good old Mohammed bin Salman, um, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, who we've been talking about recently uh, in his uh, connection to the death of Jamal Khashoggi. Um, yeah, so, so the $450 million fee uh, was paid by another Saudi royal, Prince Badr bin Abdullah, um, who it seems was probably acting as a proxy for Mohammed bin Salman. Um, Especially since a few months after the sale of the artwork to this particular prince, he was made Saudi Arabia's first ever Minister of Culture by Mohammed bin Salman. Yes, yeah, so there definitely seems to be a bit of... Bit of the old quid pro quo there. So it was, um, of course, initially 
the buyer was um, anonymous. And then it um, came out that it was going to be unveiled in the Louvre Abu Dhabi. Uh, the Louvre, Which is uh, one of those things where I wasn't aware the Louvre hmm. had franchises, but apparently it does. Apparently it does, and there's one in Abu Dhabi. Um, and so, yeah, um, Mohammed bin Salman is buddies with Mohammed bin Zayed, who is the crown prince, prince of Abu Dhabi. So it, it seemed like um, he had got his... his uh, relation, his fellow Saudi royal to buy the painting on his behalf um, and then lend it to his buddy to exhibit in the Louvre. That was supposed to happen. It was going to be unveiled in 2018, but then its unveiling was cancelled and they never really gave a reason why and they haven't really said when we might be going to see it. And this is quite fascinating because this is the world's most expensive privately owned painting. So there are other paintings which are considered to be worth more. So the Mona Lisa is considered to be worth a lot more mm. than the Salvador Mundi, but it's owned by a public gallery and thus isn't for sale. This is a Los Leonardo da Vinci masterpiece, which is in private hands. And so there is this question of why isn't it on display? And one of the rationales behind it is that maybe the new owners who have just spent $450 million on a piece of plywood with paint put upon it might now suspect that maybe the critics are right and it's not an authentic Leonardo da Vinci after all, and thus they don't want to display it publicly in case other people also come to that realisation as well. Mm. Yeah, there's been a bit of speculation. So supposedly it's currently being stored slash displayed. It, it is apparently on a luxury yacht owned by Mohammed bin Salman. When, um, when, I, when I think about keeping my, my artistic masterpieces, I think keeping them floating on a body of water mm, is, of course, the best, best thing keep them. for them. Well, it's, it's oil-based paint. Oil floats on water. Surely, what, what could be safer? But, yes, no, so there's been, there's been suggestion that um, there's uh, a new Saudi cultural centre is apparently under construction. And so one story is that it's being kept by Mohammed bin Salman uh, awaiting, so he's not going to show it in, in Abu Dhabi anymore, he's going to show it in Saudi Arabia itself in this new cultural centre they're building. Some people have suggested maybe he's richer than God and he's just decided he wants to keep it. He paid for it. He's just going to keep it himself. That's one suggestion. And then, yes, yeah, some people have said, it, with, with the whole questions around its authenticity and whether it's really the painting they say it is and whether it's really Da Vinci or, or one of the students or who knows what, maybe they have reason to think that it's less than authentic and that's the reason why they're keeping it under wraps. But for now, all we know is the Salvatore Mundi, the most expensive privately owned painting in the world, uh, is gone and nobody's 100% certain where it is. Which is quite the fascinating little mystery. It sure is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I preferred the, um, the, 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 the intrigue of the stolen papyrus story from last month, but um, as, far as, as far as mysteries in the art world go, it is quite a good one. And unfortunately, we've kind of run out of those particular stories. Mm. So next month will probably just be a bog-standard conspiracy theory tale. Well, yes. we'll oh, find something, shock I'm horror. sure. I'm shock sure we will. Horror.
unless you happen to know any conspiracy theories about uh, the art world and want us to talk about them, then by all means. Well, see, I, thought you, I, I, I thought you were going to bust into a kind of crime busters thing. If you've got information about what's been happening with the Salvador Mundi, we've got a private line you can call on 0800 5858 585858, where your call will be taken anonymously by a naked person called Jack. Let's not make it Jack. That's, 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 that's actually the name of one of my children. So no, called called Jacket, and they will take yes. your call, and then they will pass information on to us, and we'll get to the bottom of it. So that yes. number again: oh eight hundred five eight five eight five eight five eight five eight. Call now. now. Now, while that is a lie, um, you can get in touch with us on in more traditional means if there's uh, anything in the art world or anything else, really, that you'd like to talk about. You're our patrons. You give us money. You you get to tell us what to do, quite frankly. And you've got a Discord channel, which Josh mm. is definitely going to join. Otherwise, join it's just any embarrassing. Now. Any minute now. I'm sure it'll happen. Maybe tomorrow. Um, Yes, so that's that's all we had to talk about in this bonus episode this week. So we'll you you guys get um, the first crack at it, and we'll put it online in a, I don't know a week or so, uh, so so that the 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 housebound um, self isolators can have something else to listen to as well. Uh, and meanwhile, we'll see see you uh, next week for I guess a regular news update um, after whatever we end up talking about in next week's proper episode. And I'm sure next week's news update will not at all be COVID-19 based. We'll try to keep some variety in there, but um, who it knows? Basically, is the only news around at the moment. It's really, actually quite I've astounding. Actually, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been paying more attention to the news than I have in quite a long time. I almost, almost actually watched the news on television. But oh, am, no, 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 you didn't. No, oh, I, ins- no, you didn't. I instead watched a live broadcast on, a, on the uh, Radio New Zealand website, so... It's almost the same thing, but not quite. I'm shocked. Mm. Absolutely mm. shocked. So um, I think we're done for now. So we will bid you goodbye uh, and obviously say thank you again, as we always do, given that you are our favourite people in the entire world and you keep us solvent. And apart from that, just goodbye. Tuli pip pip.